You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Boy time here, and we are back <laughs> with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, fellas. It's been a great weekend until Sunday. <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> we yeah. can talk about that another time. <laughs> How was y'all's weekend? You know, mine was good, normal. I went to the movie, saw uh, the new Spider-Man, really enjoyed it. Recommend everybody go check it out. We're not going to talk about it, not going to give any spoilers. So uh, definitely recommend it. Check it out. Uh, other than that, it really didn't do much. I know D, he see the different background, so he'd have obviously yeah. some. Yeah, so I, I'll tell you what I did this weekend. So for the last couple of weeks, I was debating on whether or not I want to go to the Memphis Tigers-Tennessee Vols game. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to go. I'm like any other fan as it relates to like, hey, when your team is doing bad, you don't you support them, but you don't necessarily show up and go through jump through those hoops, if you will, unless they're doing well. When they're doing well, you're more likely to jump through those hoops than you are when they're not doing well. So the Memphis basketball team hadn't played well. We beat Alabama by 14 a few days ago, uh, number six team in the country. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go support my squad. I'm going to jump through these hoops. I'm going to take that seven-and-a-half-hour drive to Nashville because you got to factor in the traffic. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. So we get to Nashville, currently where I'm at right now, and uh, we're getting ready to walk out to the car to go to the game, and it's canceled. They canceled the game because uh, the Memphis Tigers, which is my squad, had a lot of people come down either with COVID or test positive for COVID. Like, we don't necessarily know. We just know that COVID protocol played a role in them not playing the game. So Tennessee decided to run a five-on-five for the fans that were in attendance. Um, So it was crazy because there were some fans that we bumped into uh, at the mall because we were scrambling trying to figure out, like, what we could do in place of going to the game because we were already dressed. We were already in the car, so we had to go do something. So we ended up watching Spider-Man No Way Home. So on our way to the mall, we bumped into some Tennessee Vol fans and said they were in their seats when the game was canceled. Um, so it was funny because it, it led me to this thing right here because everybody that I was in the car with was upset. They was like, man, that's jacked up that we done went through all these steps and these measures, you know, driving the seven and a half hours, putting on the clothes, finding babysitters, and doing all this stuff, and they canceled the game. And I go, why are y'all upset? Y'all do realize that there's people dying from COVID. Like, this is... This is not like, oh, we're going to inconvenience the people that's not dying from COVID. We're trying to protect you guys from dying from COVID. So it's, it's, it's just interesting how, you know, things were looked at. Even, you know, yesterday hearing Sarah Palin say that over her dead body, she'll never get the vaccine. So it's, it's, it's interesting how all these views and everything that's kind of going on today has turned political and like we can't see like hey man like we we got to protect ourselves from ourselves and this is what it is this is that equivalent of telling the kid like hey don't touch that eye it's hot like what well, no it's not 
and then you burn your hand. We're trying to keep everybody from burning their hand. Uh, but that's what I did this weekend. It was just funny because everybody was just like, dang, they should have canceled the game a couple days ago. Why did they wait to right now? Why did they wait to fans get down in there? Like I told them, I said, I'd rather be inconvenienced than dead in the day. But but you're vaccinated, so you're not going to be dead. Right, right. But you get you get my whole point, though. No, like, I don't. Not, every, not, not everybody's vaccinated, though, Gary. Yeah, that's they choose that, though. That's their choice. Right, and, and and whatever choice they choose, then you got to deal with the consequences of the choices that you made. It's unfortunate that those consequences could be fatal in both sides, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Correct. You, you could die either way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just think it was funny because they were like when something like this inconvenience you, like maybe a flight not taking off on time, maybe a car or something being delayed. I mean, it's okay for you to be frustrated, but at the grand scheme of things, like there's literally people dying from this virus. Well, I would, so, I would, I would say I agree with the fans' point on this one, just because why wait until the moments for the game's supposed to start? Why didn't you cancel it a couple of days? You probably knew a couple of days ago they were gonna, have, they had COVID, right? So why did you wait? Well, no, I, I don't think I, I don't know what the actual. Uh, or did they find out the morning of? I mean, well, that, that I, would be. I, because if you I, found the warrant up, you do it as soon as you find out. If you knew ahead of time and you didn't, I think you, that's an issue. You shouldn't. Because what if people, like you said, like you, you came from out of town. Are you going to get reimbursed for that now? Or are you just out of that money? Gary, yeah, I'm just out of that money, bro. I, I don't, I, I'd rather, I'd rather be in, again, I'd rather be inconvenienced than the, okay. the Memphis Tigers right. show up. They got six COVID test positive. They get in and they, they play a game and then we leave that arena and, 12,000 people got COVID because okay, so we wanted to go watch it. Using that example, I have no problem with if they cancel. That's fine, whatever. I don't right, agree, right. but so say you went to the, you were going to the Hawaii Bowl to watch Memphis play. You paid for your whole family to go. Yes. You pay for a hotel. You stay there for a couple days. You do all that stuff. You go there. You're in your seats, and you paid five grand, six grand, right? And right. that you're in your seats, and you f- knew – and they cancel the game and they say, oh, well, we the guys were tested positive three days ago. We were just seeing if it was going to wait before you flew out. So this would have been before you flew out. You could have got a refund on that stuff. Would you be upset that you just paid, lost $6,000, $7,000, whatever it would be, because they chose to wait three days to cancel until the moments before you're supposed to start? That's the problem, I think. I don't think it's a problem with the changing. It's more you waited till the literally moments before kickoff or tip off to change the day, to change to change the game for everybody that traveled to this location. Well, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't have a right to be upset. Here. Correct. You have, you have every right to be upset. I'm just trying to get you to look at the bigger picture from a standpoint of, hey, I understand your frustration. I understand that you're upset. I understand that this is a very big inconvenience and that you paid your hard-earned money money to get here. But in the event, once you get here, it's our, our, and and I'm only saying our, it's our priority or our uh, thought process of we want to protect you from yourself. We're letting you know that three or six or four or one or two or however many people in that program tested positive for COVID. Are you okay with them playing with COVID? Well, 
that that will bring up to our next topic when we get to it. I know time's going to bring it up. I think it ties in perfect to what we're going to talk about later. Yeah. I just I don't agree with you changing it right before. I actually don't agree. Obviously, basketball is different than other sports because you only have a limited number of people. So right. if you have only if you don't have enough to fill a team, then yeah, you can't. Obviously, it has to. If you have enough to fill a team, you should. As you've seen with the Nets, they played multiple games with eight players on their team. The minimum yeah. they can have. And they played. They still won games. They didn't make excuses. They still went out there and played. You didn't hear them crying and complaining about having five, six players not there. Right. But see, now here's here's the thing now. They you gotta have the right five or six players go down. It shouldn't matter. Talk, oh, see, it yeah, shouldn't matter. It, it shouldn't matter, but it does. Because if you're the Lakers and A D and LeBron and the bigger guys, like even if you're the Golden State Warriors and Steph and Clay and Green and like, if you have guys like that that go down that are, like, game-changing that really affects the game, like KD, for instance. Like, if KD goes down with the Nets and COVID protocol, then you're like, whoa, hold up. We got to start rescheduling games because now COVID is a competitive advantage. It's a, it's a clear-cut competitive advantage. And when it's that way, Gary, I don't see it no different from doping or cheating to play the sport or anything like that as it relates to football. Um, and if you want to change gears, we can go to football. Well, I want to I, say because before that, they actually Hornets and Nets just played a game with KD was not in because of COVID. And the only player I knew from either team that actually was playing that I knew their actual name was Blake Griffin. Neither starting line had any other player besides Blake Griffin I knew um, because of COVID. They actually played a game like that. So it happens. Right. Okay. So it does happen, and that's where I have a problem. Now, the Nets had more eventually get it, so they don't even have enough to fill a team. Now there's a different story. Now right. Okay. That, that makes sense. I get what you're saying now. I get what you're saying. And, like, switching gears, because I want to – I do want to talk football as it relates to this yes. COVID. I, I, here's, here's my issue that I have with the National Football League, okay? And I don't know if you agree with them pushing games back, but before the season started, they told us, and I'm, and when I say they, I'm talking about the National Football League, that front office. They told us that, hey, we're not rescheduling games. If COVID hit a team, then we're just going to forfeit and we're going to move on. If you look at it right now, that is not the case. So uh, just to clarify, just to clarify, they said that if there was a breakout because of unvaccinated players, they would forfeit. Ah. So they did that caveat, which I hate that they did it because now they had all the fans going against all the people that chose not to be vaccinated, hating on them, and you're basically trying to force their hand to get vaccinated. So I completely agree with you. I don't think games should have been changed because even if it said they made this thing unvaccinated player, well, now you have a breakout because of, of vaccinated players. It should be the same thing. You shouldn't change the date. You shouldn't change the game. I know the fan bases are going to hate us for it because we're. I actually play for the Browns. I still don't agree that they had they got it to be delayed. It just doesn't make sense because last year you had Denver who didn't play with a quarterback. Not they didn't have yeah. an actual quarterback being able to play. They had to play with a receiver at quarterback. They forced them to play that game. The Raiders played a game without their whole starting O line last year, okay. and this was before the vaccine. But they forced it to happen. The fact we had the vaccine and you're still delaying it, so that way. It just doesn't make sense. I know they had 20 players or whatnot, but 20, you still have enough to play a game because you have practice squad. They're allowed to have 60 players or whatever. So if you lose 20, you still have 40. You can still fill the team. Yes, it's not going to be your best team, 
And it's unfortunate, but that is what happened. When you make these, when you make this situation and you talk about if there's a breakout because of unvaccinated, you're just forced and trying to get guys to force to do it. Now you're going to, you have a breakout from vaccinated players. It should be the same as that thing. It shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're asymptomatic or not or asymptomatic. They can still spread the virus. It should not matter if they're asymptomatic. I know everybody saying, oh, they're asymptomatic. It shouldn't matter. They should be able to play, but you can still spread it. It's not about right. being asymptomatic or symptomatic. It's about if you can still spread the virus to other people. That's the issue. And people don't want to see it that way because it's their fandom. As we've said multiple times because of time in Carolina over here, it's the fandom blocks the rationale thinking. behind If it was another team, they'd have no problem with it. And that's the problem I have because nobody cared when it happened to Denver last year. Nobody cared when it happened to the Raiders besides that fan base. But when it happens to your fan base, everybody throws up an uproar about it. So I have no problem with the Raider players and the uh, Seahawks players or whoever complaining about their games getting pushed because now they have to go on a shorter week because of another team. Okay, so so with that with that being said, I, I complain I completely understand everything that you're saying, but do you not see what the NFL did though? The NFL told us as players as fans of the game hey if it break out between unvaccinated teams then you know we're not rescheduling the game and then during the course of that process forced everybody to be vaccinated to push their numbers over 50 60 percent so they now no longer fall into that category of hey we gotta forfeit that game um and not only that this is what i don't understand gary if you test positive on monday what makes you think on Wednesday you're going to be ready to play a football game when it's a seven to ten day uh, period? Like, how if I test positive on Sunday that I'm going to test negative on Tuesday? What what testing am I using? Well, I had this conversation with somebody else. Baker Mayfield is not one of those players right now that, that can get a positive test and then later get a negative test because they're going to test Baker Mayfield one time. He does not have the star power that a Patrick Mahomes, that a Aaron Rodgers, that a Tom Brady has. So if one of those three quarterbacks was a test positive for COVID, guess what? We're going to get another test, and that test is going to come back negative within a two-day span because the star power that they have on their team is very revealing. And not only is it revealing, again, goes back to what I've been saying, it's a competitive advantage if you don't have your star quarterback. Correct, and but I think the biggest thing is I don't even like the aspect of because now they're trying to change the rules where you only if, if you test negative once after testing positive you're good to come back. I don't think that should be the thing. I think it should be like they had it two negative tests because they've been proven now that you can have false positives and you can have false negatives. So now if you have a player test positive and then two days later he tests negative and then you say okay well you're good to go you don't have it. You should test again to have it to make sure it wasn't a false positive or a false negative. You're going to find a true answer to that third test if you get one of each. And I think that's the right. thing. And they're going to get rid of it now so that way they don't have these issues again. And people will ha still get COVID, still be able to pass it. And then now they don't have to worry about it and account for it because a false negative could pop up. And now it's just negative. And it'll help the, the, the image or the look. Because now they, they don't have as many high rates. They don't have many players put on. They'll have more false positives, which will be negative, or false negatives, or whatever you want to say. They could have more false positives. And then now they don't have to worry about rescheduling and all that kind of stuff. It just does not make sense. 
But luckily, we're at the end of the season, so I don't think they're going to worry about it as much. Well, but, that's the problem. That is the problem right there, Gary. That's what you're not understanding. The problem is, is we are at the end of the season, and teams are fighting for position in the playoffs. I don't think you understand, but the NFL put themselves in the position that we're in right now by adding a 17 game, by saying, okay, now only one team gets that first round by in the event that they're the best team in their division or in their conference. And now everybody's fighting for a lot. And because everybody's fighting for a lot, every blade of grass matters. I don't know if you watched that Pittsburgh still a Tennessee Titans game, but it came down to a blade of grass in terms of them picking up that first down. If Ben Roethlisberger tested positive yesterday or today or any time this week and he didn't play this game, the Tennessee Titans win this game hands down. And, and again, the Pittsburgh Steelers are fighting for a playoff spot. They're in the hunt right now. So imagine if one of these big-time players, again, Gary, come down with COVID and it cost them a game that eventually may cost them on getting into the playoffs. That's a franchise game changer, bro. So I would like to hear Time's thoughts because he's been rather quiet as an out as as a non-player, as a fan. I would like to hear your thoughts on all of this. Well, to me, it just is you know the I you know, I don't like to talk vaccines and COVIDs and everything just because it, it gets so crazy. But to me, yeah. it's like it's ninety-five percent of the league is vaccinated, right? And you know. It's still running rampant in the league. Well, it's like, okay, then what's the protocols that are in place? Um, you know, because everybody's like, oh, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, because, you know, it helps with, you know, the spread or whatever. And it's like, is it is it really helping with that? If 95% of the league is vaccinated and, you know, you, know, you still got it tearing through, so – uh, you know, it's just it's just a difficult situation to be in. I definitely think that, you know, like you said, it is a competitive advantage if you have a star player go that goes out. All players aren't built the same. If Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady has to sit out, it's a big difference than if, you yes. know, you got your third string <laughs> wide receiver sitting out. So, I mean, I, I can understand that. Um, I really, I really think that, you know, you, whatever whatever you come up with you just need to make sure you 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 carry that out across all of the whole league you can't just like pick and choose who gets to move who don't what what gets canceled who don't you know uh, because you know those people you move from Saturday or today you know there's other people other teams that have you know dealing with covid issues who knows if you know moving it back a couple of days would help them or not so uh, it's a difficult time in sports but I don't, this just... is what this is what bothers me about this time. So the games that they moved back. What what if it was games that didn't matter? Like it was the Jets and like uh, who any other team that's not Texas. the Jaguars. Just just say it was the Jets and the Jaguars. They all came down. You're you're not gonna push that game back. You're probably gonna forfeit because nobody's fighting for anything. The only reason why the NFL pushed this game back is because it's a big time game. That's the only reason they're reactive, not proactive. And this is a, a great indication and a great showcase to show you, hey, we wasn't ready for this. So because we wasn't ready for this, we need more time. We're going to push it back and we're going to play these games. See, I feel like other teams that have lost players, key players throughout the year because of COVID should have a problem with it because 
they had to play games because they had to play games without their star players. But now because these players had so many people test, now they get to push their game back because they had more instead of just two or three because they had 20 or 15. They had, they get to push it back. That doesn't make sense. And then how would you feel if you're Denver and Oakland? Oakland has seen both sides. Oakland last year, like I said, lost their whole, not Oakland, Las Vegas, lost their whole old line last year and had to play a game this year. They do things right. They don't. They don't test positive. The team they're playing does, and their game gets moved. And now they get a shorter week the following week because of that. Like, how would you right. feel knowing last year you had to play a full game without an offensive line, uh, but you and they didn't want to move it then. They didn't care, but now you care. That I think that I would be pissed. I, I was the Raiders. I, I, I just think any team that has lost a player to COVID that is a key player for their team or a starter or something like that would have a problem because. Just because we only had one or two and we lost those guys, what if they lost the game because of it? And because of a team has a break out of 20, we get to push it back. I would feel a certain type of way if I was another team. It just it, – it's not it's not fair to the whole league. The whole league picks and chooses how it wants to apply rules and things, and they do it on the vein of safety. When they don't really care. Uh, they don't actually care about any of the players' safety when it comes to the game or the health when it comes to that. They really don't care. All it's about is money. That's all they care about. And fans like to think it's, it's about health and stuff. It really isn't. They don't care about health one bit. As a player, yeah. I can tell you straight up, I can give you multiple players that can tell you they do not care about our health, not one bit. Yeah, and 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 what's crazy is for you out there that are listening and you're saying, oh, yeah, they do. We've seen the studies. We've seen the research. We've seen, yeah, you've seen all that, but nothing has come from it. And not only has nothing has come from it, the only reason why they appear to look like they're addressing it is because we have spoke out about it. You have heard us speaking out about it. You have questions, and their answers to your question is, hey, we're doing research, and they give you just enough to calm you down, kind of lead it. Hey, we're going to get that, that mob at bay. And we're gonna be cool. And as long as we keep our fans happy and them in their seats and them buying stuff, it's gonna be okay because their fandom eventually gonna take over. And that's what's happening right now. The NFL literally can do whatever they wanna do because they have the strings. And as as it relates to people saying, Hey, the NFL is a business. I can't go to my job and do this. I can't go to my job and do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. But what you can do is if you cough or sneeze and you feel like you have COVID, you don't have to come in to work. Well, guess what? We still have to come in to work because we got to get tested 46 times because they're looking for a negative test. They don't care about all the positives. We don't care about all the positives. We just need one negative. That's all we need. One negative so we can get you back out on the field so you can do what it is we paid you to do, and that's win football games for us. I agree. Time, you got any other stuff you want to add for that? Because your yeah. your thoughts could be completely different. Because as you're a fan, so you see a different world view than right. We do. Well, I mean, obviously, because you guys are, you know, you've been in that world, so you understand it. But and at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's a it's a business, but it's also a sport. So it's like, what's the what's it going to matter if you don't run out and play a game? So I understand, you know, player safety is obviously important. Um, to it's me, not, it's to not me, important at all. <laughs> right? To, to yeah, to in the grand scheme of things, it's not because you know you see a scene for years. The NFL's done multiple things to cover up, uh, you know, head injuries, et cetera, et cetera. 
so, you know, they, they're trying to, I guess, make a farce of acting like they're all worried about everybody's health now. So we'll see how it goes. But honestly, yeah. I think the biggest L that the NFL took this weekend was uh, with Frank Gore getting whipped by Darren Williams. Did you guys see that? Did not. I, I- <laughs> I, I, I did see that. I did see that. It's 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 interesting because after watching that bout, and I don't know if you watched it at all. I did not. And I, I've been I've been watching boxing for quite some time. I'm not gonna say I'm a boxing enthusiast. I'm not gonna say that I choose boxing over UFC or MMA or any other uh uh fighting style of competition that doesn't involve your legs and your hands. Um I would be lying. But with that being said, last night or uh, not last night, Saturday, what I witnessed is that I witnessed Dan Williams push a guy. He didn't punch him, <laughs> but he knocked him out. I don't know if you saw that. because I saw that. He yeah, he pushed, pushed him out of the ring. He pushed him out of the ring, and everybody was like, oh, Darren got hands, you know, blah, 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 blah. But now I, I do want to point this out, though. Darren Williams does have hands. Like, for him to be a non-boxer and for Frank Gore to be a non-boxer, that's something that they do on the side. And for them to step in the ring and mix it up, kudos to them. But at the same time, that fight that we – they did boxing the injustice. Let's just be real. Let's just be honest. Like, if you think Jake Paul is a terrible boxer – no, not a terrible boxer. If you think Jake Paul and Logan Paul are terrible for boxing, what you saw Saturday night between Frank and Darren – Oh, it was it was a travesty. It was awful. It's it all be, terrible. All that yeah, was terrible. Well, I'm just it, saying, it you be, know, you always hear from the football players about how much tougher they are than basketball players, how much, you know, wussies basketball now, now, players now, now, are. Here's what you here's what you have to understand. There's a difference between a basketball player that's training to be a basketball player and a football player training to be a football player. And both of those athletes train in the box. Now it come down to how much you picked up in your training. Now, when we're talking about just overall a basketball player versus a football player, that football player is whooping that basketball player ass 100% of the time. Those are just facts. <laughs> I'm just saying. It would depend on the player. And, and, and this, I, I'm, I'll take a quarterback over any NBA player right now so Peyton in Manning? the NBA. Yeah, I'll take Peyton Manning right now. No, I'm talking about a, a, a current one. I oh. take Tom Brady right now. I take Tom Brady hands over anybody in the NBA right no now way. as it relates to a guy that does not <laughs> box or has no training. Draymond Green would knock Tom Brady out. You got, you got, you got football <laughs> players jacked up. That's just how much I don't believe in basketball no. players. Tom, 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 nobody I, in the NFL want anything with the Jokic brothers. Man, you said the brothers. Mind. You didn't say Jokic. There's a difference. He's he's part of that. <laughs> Jokic is also seven foot. We don't have anybody. But honestly, I would take James Harrison over maybe Jokic. I don't know because James Harrison, and he's not active, but he's a monster. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. I, I, and it, and see, fighting and boxing is a different, whole different avenue too. No, what, what you have to understand is I'm not gauging football players winning over basketball players because of lifestyle, background or anything like that. I'm taking football players over basketball players purely because of the contact that which we take in the sport. You look at basketball players, they complain and they bitch and they moan about being foul. And that's <laughs> literally how we get brought down. 
So I'm choosing us over them because of just toughness as it relates to our individual sport. That's why I'm choosing football players. Well, I and mean, speaking I- of football players, speaking of football players, I, I, now I want to hijack the podcast Uh-oh. because I really want to talk about this young man that chose Jackson State over all these other programs that was number one in the country. But I'm going to let y'all go first before I talk about it. Do y'all think it was a great move for this kid? Do you think it was a great move for the university? Do you think it was a great move for the culture? I want to know how you guys feel because all week, all week I've been sitting in my chair and I've been scrolling through various social sites. I've been scrolling through various news articles. I've been watching certain things on TV as it relates to the news and sports about this young man's decision and how because he's made this decision, other decisions have started falling down like Hugh Jackson going to uh, one of the HBCUs and competing against Deion Sanders. Uh, I I just want to know what do y'all feel about this young man and his future as it relates to going to Jackson State? And you can also throw in the NIL deals as it relates to this kid as well. Uh, I I really want to hear what y'all say. Good move or bad move for this kid? I have no problem with it because he made the decision that was best for him. And nobody has any right to say it wasn't best for him. It's his choice, his decision, the choice he wants to go to. Every player gets a choice of where they want to go because they get recruited by everywhere. He chose to go there. Who knows why? That's his choice. If he wants to build it up and – bring more recognition to it, that's fine. That's power to him. If he got paid by other people through NIL, that's on him too. As long as it wasn't illegal, I have no problem with it. He does what he needs to do, what's best for him. I have no problem with it. He can still become a name uh, there. I think there's multiple players that have proven that you can get drafted out of these schools and still be great. And I think he's going to learn from arguably probably one of the best corners to ever live. So I think that helped a lot. Um, I think he'll be able to learn a lot from that. And I have no problem with it. If they want to make it, given that opportunity, he's going to get huge NIL deals there. Like, I know they're a small college, but everywhere around is going to want to have something to do with them because of the notoriety it's bringing to that area and to to that college. And his name's going to be big. Obviously, he might have gotten more elsewhere, but he'd be competing with other players on that team. He's not going to be competing with any other players for NIL deals because he is the guy now. As a true freshman coming in, he will be the guy. And I think it's good for him. It's his choice. Um, I'm, I, I give him kudos for having being able to stand up for what he wanted to do and not being swayed by other people and trying to make his decision to go wherever he, he got, went to where he wanted to go. Okay, what Time? do you think, Kyle? Well, for me, it's, it's, you know, let's be honest, Florida State is not exactly the normal powerhouse that Florida State is. So, uh, you know, that's one thing. Second, I would have had no clue who this kid was or his story as a casual football fan had he not made this move. But now he's been all in the headlines, been everywhere. And can you imagine if he, like, helps his team, um, you know, actually do something in the next few years granted they already were 11 and one right and that's what i'm saying but like you know if they well because you know dion's already high profile and because of that this team gets a lot of coverage that a terrible florida state team probably will not get um but then you know it's just hey (laughs) 
What, what's Florida State doing to make it worth the name? Yes, it's nice. I feel the dirtiest part about it is the fact that that's Dion's alma mater. <laughs> that was pretty dirty. But I would be remiss if I did not mention my university, Campbell Campbells, the fighting Campbells of University of Campbell, Campbell University. Did you see that they have the number one FCS recruiting class with like eight or nine three-star recruits. Everyone's been blowing up, you know, this situation. But I saw a few people mention like, hey, are we going to let it slide that that uh, that this FCS school, the Fighting Camels, have a top 100 whatever recruiting class? So I got to shout out my Camels real quick for somehow because we have never had a good football team. But, hey, actually one of y'all's former boys, Mike Mentor, is our head coach. And he's bringing some recruits to Campbell. So... I will actually say I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the tie. I could pull a little conspiracy theory aspect and say you could see Dion at Florida State in two to three years with that player coming with him. Oh, now that be something you never know. Florida State hasn't shown they were able to do it right. If Dion keeps doing well for the next year or two, they can make that call, and you know that player is gonna follow him because now he'll end up back at Florida State. If he's doing well, all the recruits that went there will go there, and he'll just leave Jackson State out to dry. But that's that he want. He already interviewed. So Dion's already interviewed for other jobs. He interviewed so, for the CU job. He interviewed for other head coach jobs in the in the uh, Division One, and he didn't get them. So I okay. could see him leaving in a year or two. Anyways, so so, so I've had this conversation with. Uh, I had a friend of mine. He had posted on Twitter. That he said, hey, this is great for HBCUs. This is great for the organization. This is great for Deion Sanders. Uh, this is great for everybody involved. I said, this is great for everybody but this kid. Uh, this is what I told him. I said, hey, call me. We'll discuss. So we had an hour and a half phone call, uh, an hour and a half uh, conversation. And this is what came after out of that hour and a half conversation. So I think that this is a great move for HBCUs, for the conference, for Deion Sanders, for the program, for everybody that's involved in this, but this kid. This is why I don't necessarily have an issue with it because this is not my kid. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just giving you my perspective. And in the course of me giving my perspective, you will understand why I feel the way that I feel. This kid just made his life so much harder than it would have had he went to an Alabama, a Ole Miss, a Louisville, a, um, a Florida State. Even though it's not sexy, this is why. This kid can go four straight years. Now this kid has to spend four years in college, whereas he could have went to another college that was bigger, like the Florida State, the Louisville's, the Memphises, the uh, Alabamas. He could have went there and spent three years or been there three years, had one really good year, and been a top ten pick. Now he has to go four years, and in that four years, he can hold receivers to absolutely no catches every game. He could be the, 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 the digs, the digs of the swack, if you will, and not give up one catch have 14 picks, and he'll be a fifth-round pick because of the level of competition. This has nothing to do with Deion Sanders. This has nothing to do with Jackson State. 
This has everything to do with the level of competition that he'll be competing against. That's what people don't understand. This kid, kids are getting drafted from Alabama that barely touched the field. Why? Because of people having tape on them and knowing their level of how they compete, whether it's Miami, whether it's the, this kid could have, and I'm not talking about HBCUs. I'm just talking about conferences. I'll tell you what I mean by that. D'Angelo Williams went to the University of Memphis. I played four years. I rushed for 2,000 yards damn near every season, and I watched guys come off the board that played at bigger schools that had a great year. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. And in the event that this kid has made his life harder, there's more chances for this kid to give up because adversity at Jackson State is not went, not losing one or two games. Adversity at Jackson State is losing three or four or five games. And now what's keeping you there? What's keeping you there? Adversity at another school like Alabama, Auburn, or Memphis, or one of those schools that are like in the top 25, their adversity is losing one or two games. And you're not the biggest thing on the team you're going as a collection. You're not the team. So with that being said, in the NIL deals, the NIL deals right now as we speak, like the highest pay maybe is making a million dollars. This kid is going to go to Jackson State, and he won't be the highest paid on his team because they have a player by the name of Deion Sanders. I didn't say a coach. I said a player. They have a player in the name of Deion Sanders that will not allow anybody on his team to be bigger than prime. Even when he was playing, nobody was bigger than prime. So as a coach, if you see what he's brought to that program, the glitz, the glamour, I love everything that he's done. I love the fact, and I'm not talking about this because it's an HBCU. I'm talking about the SWAT conference. I would say the same thing if this kid would have went to Memphis. I would have said the same thing if this kid would have went to Louisville. I would have said the same thing if he went to Campbell's College. And the reason why I said the same thing is because it's harder at a smaller college and you have to stay longer. Yeah, you got to stay longer. And guess what? Not only do you have to stay longer, you have to be great longer. You don't have to be. You don't have to be great longer at Baylor University. You just got to be great for one year well, and, and get the same payoff. And I see what you're talking about because you, you also, because he could go there and he could have one terrible year. Now you had a bad year at a bad conference. Now what oh, do you do? You, you, it's a wrap. It's a wrap, dear. We're not. We're talking about this kid right now because he made a decision that everybody's like, "Whoa, this is different. I like it." He got our attention now, but he got four years to lose it. But because he like, has to go all four years, Gary. He can't go. He can't go for one year, two years, and sit the bench and like develop, and then come out and have a Cam Newton type year and get drafted overall. This kid now has to go to school for four years, and not only does he have to go to school for four years, he has to be perfect. He has to be perfect. But like you said, this is his decision. He made it. You can't fault him for it. It's his choice. He might have made it harder himself. Maybe he wants it. I, I didn't. I didn't say. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just I, saying. I didn't say like everybody said that the NFL. If you're good, they'll find you. And then they brought up all these names that they were talking about that came from these black colleges. It's still but hard. Guess, but hey, but guess what though, Gary? Guess what? Every name that they Hall named, of Famer. 
uh, every one of them that they named, they're Hall of Famers, but when they came into the league, they wasn't first-round top 10, top five pick. Correct. They just came into the league. I'm talking about this kid making – he maximizing his money from the time he entered the National Football League to the time he exits the National Football League. I don't want them to give the NFL any discount, none whatsoever. And that's why I say he made it harder on himself. And guess what, Gary? When you make it hard on people, guess what goes up? The percentage of them quitting. I don't want this kid to go to Jackson State, find out that it's hard, and then it's like, damn, you know, I, I'm a transfer. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then I had the same conversation with the same person. He said, man, no matter where you go, the NFL will find you, right? I asked him, I said, hey, man, I said, if Deion Sanders left Jackson State tomorrow, do you think the players should stay there? Because you said that it doesn't matter where you go and where you play. He said, no, they need to enter the transfer portal because the transfer portal, because the coach lied to them. I was like, man, ain't got nothing to do with the coach. Because, you know, you can go to program. Pro, people leave programs all the time, and a majority of the players stay because they're, they're ingrained there. Like, you know, that that's the that's the prestige of the university. Well, I do think that kid's going to leave eventually anyways. He won't be there for four years, maybe not even three, maybe not even two years. Because I do think Dion's going to leave because he's already started to do interviewing. So he's going to be gone. Like, it's it, so that to me, that makes it harder for recruits. Like, why are you going there to play a year unless you're playing a transfer when he leaves to wherever he goes? Because you know he's already interviewing for head coaching jobs. He's going to get one. Right. Right. And, and he's going to get one. And not only is he going to get one, I like what Prime brings to the table as a head coach. And 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 here's the thing. I, I hate I hate this. And what really bothers me is that there's players right now that I, I feel like have a great coaching pedigree that can step up right now and lead college programs to championships, conference championships, not obviously national championships because that take time. But there's a process that you got to go through. And Deion Sanders is living proof that this is the process that they send a bunch of the coaches. I'm not going to say all of them, a bunch of the coaches through. Like, why is Deion Sanders still at Jackson State and doesn't have a head coaching job at the Ohio State, the Michigan? He's proved himself. He took a program that's never won a conference championship. Like you said, he's interviewing for jobs. But you know why he's interviewing for jobs? Because he looks sexy at 11 and 1, him signing the number one recruit. We know you can recruit now. So everybody knew, okay, all right, Deion Sanders, they don't want what was what, holding Deion Sanders back on getting a job at a university is prime time. That's what's holding him back because a university, an AD or the athletic department, they don't want to deal with the fact that wherever he goes, whether it's Ohio State, Alabama, he can go to Alabama and be the head coach. There. He can go right now. Deion Sanders is the uh, even over Nick Saban as a player because of what he done as a player. When he walks on your campus, he's single handedly the most famous person on it. And and not only is he the most famous person on it, you got to deal with what he brings to the table. He bringing all the 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 rappers. He bringing all the musicians. He bringing all the Everybody that's anybody in the world going to stop through in your program, and that's what you got to handle. Regardless of what their background is, he bringing them to him to talk to his players. That, that camp is going to be jumping because that's 
that's prime. That's Deion Sanders. That's I'm getting everybody involved, and and it's not a problem. I'm just saying that I think that's what a lot of the power schools are thinking. Like, hey man, you come with a lot, and with me coming with this lot, like this circus that you call a lot, is getting people in the stands. Sixty thousand people in the stands for the Celebration Bowl to come watch them when they average twelve or thirteen thousand a couple years before Dion got there. So he's definitely affected the culture. The problem is, is once he's affected the culture and he's moved his program along, if I'm Deion Sanders, and this is just me talking, again, this is just me. If I'm Deion Sanders, I stay at Jackson State, I don't go anywhere else, and I move that program from the SWAC to like a more respectable conference. So now I'm no longer in the SWAC. I have me, Deion Sanders, I did this. This is what I did for this program. So now I'm going down in history. And from here on out, like Jackson State will forever be the home that Deion Sanders prime time built. And then he could have done it as a player and as a coach. Absolutely. But here's the thing, though. I don't know that he'll stick around enough or long enough because when they start throwing dollars at you. Exactly. I was going to say, the money's a yeah. whole other thing. He ain't going to get That's the $10 million a year that he, at Jackson what? State that he other places you ain't you ain't gonna stick you ain't gonna take a pay cut to chase legacy no come on, no. Come no. on guys and, and and that's and that's the and that's the problem that's the problem time is people all too often uh let their fandom get in the way of the person that's running your fandom or keeping your fandom together they they hold him to the same standards they will hold themselves to because their loyalty to the program, where his loyalty is to, hey, I want to get into a better situation. I want to make more money. And and what's crazy is, is Deion Sanders, and this is from my perspective, because if I'm Deion Sanders, I never have enough money. But you look at it, and you're just like, damn, he got enough money. You look at Tony Romo, he got enough money. You look at all these people that are talking on these, Peyton Manning, for instance. He got money. He got a ton of money, but yet he's still in broadcasting. They're still in the coaching. They're still in the doing these things that's associated with the game because they love it that much, but they don't love it enough to pay and do it for free. Correct. Everybody Nobody loves to do things for free. Yeah. Everybody got a fair market price, and everybody's trying to get that or above fair market in order to – if you're good at something, you don't do it for free. I've always been told that, and I completely understand where Deion Sanders is coming from and any other coach. I really respect Dion and everything that he's up for and what he's done when he stopped one of those reporters and told him it's Coach Prime. You wouldn't disrespect Nick Saban like that. You wouldn't call Nick Saban Nick. So if you ain't going to call Nick Saban Nick and you're going to call him Coach Saban, then call me Coach Prime. Just respect me for what position that I hold. That's all. And I get it. I understand. And in, in 2021, that shouldn't even have to be said. But at the same time, as a, a Hall of Fame player, it's hard to get out from under the tag that you created for yourself in order to rebrand yourself. It's very difficult. So I understand both perspectives. I'm just saying that this kid right here just made a legendary move. I, I wouldn't even, this wouldn't even be a conversation if I knew for a fact that this kid was rich and didn't need football to get him to the next level. I don't know that he need that. All I'm saying is, had this kid been rich, I'd have been like, hey, man. You finna have a time of your life at Jackson State. You know why you gonna have a time of your life at Jackson State? Because you're the biggest thing to ever step on that campus. And when you step on that campus, everybody's gonna flock to you. you you're gonna have a great four years. 
whether you do good on the field or not, you are going to be a celebrity on your campus and you're going to live that best life. Now, if your goal is to have a great time in college, then you're going to achieve that. Now, if your goal is to get to the National Football League and go as high as you possibly can, you can achieve going, but getting there as high as you possibly can, it ain't going to – I have yet to this day, and, and you can go back and you can check the numbers. I have yet to go back and look and find out. And I, again, I haven't did my research. Somebody from the SWAC or a smaller conference that even Patrick Mahomes didn't go number one overall. It was somebody from a big school that won Heisman or like Louisville. Like it was somebody ranked in the top five, top 10. It's very rare that you're going to get a number one pick that come from a school that you never heard of. This ain't the NBA where the, the first five or 10 picks or from out of other countries that, that had six points, uh, three rebounds, you're just like, why the hell did we pick this guy up and not know him? This is not the NBA. In the NFL, you have to have a name. You have to be recognized. You have to have TV games. And more importantly, you have to have competition that we can judge you off of. If we don't have that, we can only put you in the third, fourth, or fifth round. Again, this kid has made his life a little bit harder. Yes, he can still go to the National Football League, but now instead of having that, oh, I can leave, I can get red-shirted, I can have time to develop, injuries or anything like that to this kid will now set him back because he doesn't have the ability to have one great season and still be taken in the National Football League. That's all I'm saying. And it has nothing to do with HBCUs. It has everything to do with the conference and the level uh, of competition that he'll be playing. I even had an argument that, hey, Jackson State's getting better. They got guys coming from Alabama. They're getting all the transfers. Again, NFL teams are not looking at practice tape. We're looking at game film. And as a result of us looking at game film, we see that you are not playing anybody, so it's hard for us to gauge you. So now, guess what? We're waiting on your senior bowl. So in the senior bowl, we're going to see just how good you are because now we can gauge your level of competition because everybody at the senior bowl has some grade of some sort where we know, okay, all right, he locked this guy down. Like, oh, okay, this guy can play. So now we're waiting on four years in the senior bowl to see what you can do versus you giving us one good year and banging out on us and getting the top five, top ten picks. So in Patrick Mahomes' draft class, the top 15 picks, there was two that weren't from a major conference, and that was Western Michigan and Temple. Two players, a receiver and a linebacker. The DM was Miles Garrett was number one overall. Mitch Trubisky was number two overall. Mahomes was 10, and Trubisky went to North Carolina. And number um, one was Texas A&M. Go Tar Heels. There was, two L- there was two LSUs drafted in the top six. Jamal Adams okay. and Fournette. So, right. that, so your point makes sense that the high, the bigger conferences, it is harder to get drafted, but you still can. It's just a lot harder. You really have to stand out even more. Right. And with that being said, and the only reason why I'm pointing out the fact that it's going to be harder is the fact that when things get harder, we don't know this kid's breaking point or anybody's breaking point in terms of, hey, you know what? I'm done. And I would, like I told my homeboy, I said, look, I want this kid to go on a path that's going to be the easiest path for him. Not the easiest path for the program, not the easiest path for the coach, not the easiest. I want him to make those business decisions now because he's going to have to make them later. 
So why not go ahead and make those business decisions now? When any player make a business decision to go to Ohio State, to go to Michigan, to go to Alabama, to go to any of these schools, what they're telling me is, is you don't have to win. We just need you to play well. If you play well, you'll get drafted. Well, guess what this kid has to do now at Jackson State? Not only does he have to play well, but he also has to win. He has to win. He has to play well because the stipulations for smaller conferences are different for the ones that have bigger conferences because they're expected to maybe drop one or two games because the level of competition that they're playing. But now if you're Jackson State, there's no other competition out there because you have given us the perception of you're the best thing that that conference has to offer. Why? Because now you're doing things that this conference has never done before on your team. You're signing players that are power five players. So we're expecting you to be head, heels and toes and everything else better than the teams that you're playing. And when you're not and you're only beating them by three or six or nine or 12 or 11, our question is what happened? Like the Celebration Bowl, they lost 30 to 10. I understand it was their first time making it there. I understand that they had a great season. They went 11 and one. They end up losing the Celebration Bowl. It was great. It was 60,000 people there. That's just the, that's the, that's the atmosphere that Deion Sanders has created. That's the atmosphere that, I'm sorry, Coach Prime has created. I don't want to disrespect him in any way. That, that's, the, that's that atmosphere. And that's what you expect out of your head coach. You come in here, you change the culture, you, you get us a winning tradition. But in the, in the process of that, though, you have to understand that the SWAT, and we're just talking about the SWAT. We're not talking about the SEC as it relates to Alabama. When Nick Saban went to Alabama, the SEC was already competitive. Can we already agree, agree to that? Like every, there was three or four teams coming out of the SEC every year that was really good. Alabama, not so much. They were like kind of middle of the pack. Nick Saban was the one that kind of pushed them over. And that's not the same situation that Coach Prime has walked into. Coach Prime has walked into a situation that every time he step on the field at every position, his player going to be better than the team that they play. And it's not going to help the conference at all. So, so time, uh, were you ever going to stop in and stop that rant? Uh, D, D, this was the cinnamon show right there. I, I know, you know. He was passionate, baby. He gets so passionate. passionate. <laughs> you know, it's, hey, it's I, like a kid in a candy shop sometimes. You just get so excited. Hey, that I like it. I, I like it. Uh, I, I agree with some of the part, a lot of the parts. Some of it I don't agree. I'm, yeah, but, but you got to understand, Garrett, watching this kid choose a Jackson State, honestly, man, was was really it it reminded me of like hey going to memphis and i love my time in memphis i i memphis is the greatest institution to ever be placed physically in this world in my opinion but had i went to an sec school and did the same thing that i did in memphis i'd only had to do one year and i would have been drafted top five top three top one top to like I'd be up there I'd, I would have been up there with Reggie Bush I would have been up there with Lawrence Maroney I would have been up there with um um what was the, the the short running back I was up there with him um uh I can't think of his name played with the Jaguars he's commentating now um Maurice Jones Jones Drew, Drew. Ma 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 Maurice Jones Drew like if you look at those guys and you look at the the genetic makeup of those guys Henry, you look at all these SEC running backs, these Big 12 running backs, 
you look at all their genetic makeup, and I'm just talking about running backs. The the common denominator is, is they do one year, and it's a great year, and then they're drafted in the top 10, top 15, even they back up sometimes. You go back to Auburn with Cadillac Williams and uh, Ronnie Brown. R- Ronnie Brown. Like, yeah, you know, those are really good running backs. You know what I'm saying? Like, even then, you know, I saw I saw players coming off the board my year that I got drafted that barely touched the field at other schools, but because they went to that school, they was validated on getting drafted. I understand that. You see I what can... I'm saying? I, that's why I said this, this kid has made it harder on himself from that aspect, only from a football aspect. But now if he's not, if he doesn't care about football and that's not the way that he's trying to like make a living, then he did make a great decision. So you do know you were drafted ahead of Maurice Jones-Drew, right? I was drafted ahead of Maurice Jones-Drew, but I'm saying <laughs> that Maurice Jones-Drew, Maurice Jones-Drew was three or four picks behind me and he had one good year. That's my whole, that's the, no, that's, he... that's, he That's was like he was over thirty picks behind you. No, he he went in the he was the first pick of the second round. I think it, it says pick 60, 60 in the second round. Unless I looked up wrong. Unless you think about somebody else. Oh, I I, I'm, I am thinking about somebody else. You know who I'm thinking about? The running back from LSU uh, that won a championship with uh, with um, uh, with the Patriots. What is his name? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't even think of his name, but he had a, he had one good year, and he went to the Patriots like the first pick in the second round because uh, the Patriots. I'll never forget this man. The Patriots was on the phone. It was I, it wasn't Bill Belichick. It was their recruiter. They called and they asked Lawrence Maroney. Joseph Adai. Joseph Adai. Joseph Adai is who I'm talking about. Yep. Joseph Adai. He actually Joseph went. Adai. He went number thirty. He went three picks after you, or two picks after right. you. Two picks after me, he had one good year. I had four. I had to put four good years together. He had one good year at LSU, and he went three picks behind me. And Lawrence Maroney went ahead of you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And it was because I went to Memphis, and they felt like the level of competition in Minnesota was bigger. New England was on the phone with me during draft time. And they was asking me, they said, how tall are you? How big are you? And they was like, yeah, we just don't know if you're big enough to be in this offense, and we can't really gauge your level of competition. Oh, the we truth! Have, we only have two or three games because what they gauge you on is they gauge you on like, oh, okay, how did you do against the old misses? How did you do against teams that we maybe have a defensive player? I played against Patrick Willis when he was at Ole Miss, when he was a linebacker. They gauged me against that game right there. They gauged me against games that have other NFL talent on it. Well, Joseph Adai and uh, uh, Lawrence Maroney at the time and Reggie Bush, too. How many years did Reggie Bush have that was absolutely awesome? So I'm going to I'm gonna give you right here. So Reggie Bush and his career had 5,400 yards. I, and I, I don't care about how many yards he had. I'm talking about how long was he there. He how played... long did he play? How many years did he play? I'm looking. Yeah, because if you look at my, if you look at my catalog, I was at four years. Six six thousand yards. Sorry, you, you were eight thousand yards. Oh, eight thousand. And Lawrence Maroney, who went ahead of you, was at twenty five hundred yards. Joseph Adai was at forty four hundred, who was after you. And then, if you want to get to the other running backs in round two, Lindell White was after you. He was twenty three hundred in the second round. But 
Maurice Jones Drew in the second actually had more yards rushing than you did in his career. Right. But my whole point is, is how long they stayed at their university and how long they had to perform at a high level versus having just that one year, just one year. Like Brady, not 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 Joe Brady, uh, Joe Barrow. Joe Barrow, how many years did he spend at LSU? One. One. How many years did Cam spend at Auburn? Third, two, three. One. Because oh, he transferred know. from Florida. He transferred from Florida, and then that one Reggie's, year. Reggie Reggie Bull spent three years. He had one Reggie. good year. He had seventeen hundred year yards one year, and then after that, before that, he had nine hundred and five hundred. <sighs> Well, D, but can't you take solace in knowing you were the best running back in your draft class? I, I, it's not taking solace. What I'm telling you is, is that he's just talking about in relation to the kid. I'm talking about in relation to this kid. I know, but that should tell you that you can get it done. You can get it done wherever you go. He's just saying it was harder for him. And and I can say that's an advantage because if you so say that's true, the chances of you going to a better team, getting drafted later on, is 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 higher. Less money though. Time, time. It's funny that you say that because when I got when I went to the National Football League, the one knock they had against me was I had too many yards on my leg. <laughs> That's what's crazy. I All had right. too many yards. They was like, man, we don't know if you peaked in college, but you six out. That's a lot of yards. Eight thousand. Right. Yeah. Oh, eight thousand. That's a lot of yards on your legs. We don't know how long you could keep it up. And guess what? You know who the best running back was in our class? He didn't even get drafted, I don't think. Garrett Wolf. Garrett Wolf. Loved, loved Garrett Wolf in college. Yes, Garrett Wolf led us in rushing that year. But because of, guess what? What university did he go to? Northern Illinois. Did not get touched. I loved watching him play because he reminded me of Warwick Dunn. And Warwick oh, Dunn's my all-time favorite running back. So it reminded me of him. And by the way, Gary, D'Angelo did have 6,000 yards in college. I think you're looking at his NFL yards when you say 8,000. Because I just looked up his college stats, and he had 684 his freshman year, 1430, then 1948, then 1964 for 6,026 yards. Right. And uh, for all of you guys out there that said, hey, you could have came out your junior year, I absolutely could have came out my junior year, and I would have came out in the second round. That's 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 – what I'm telling you in terms of this kid making it harder for himself. I'm not saying that he's not going to get drafted. And, and and I understand people out there like, hey, the goal is to get drafted, right? And in some of y'all minds, yes. But in most of our minds, the goal is to get drafted as high as you possibly can. Well, That's especially especially back when you played because there was no the money was uh, higher. The money was a lot higher, and it was guaranteed contracts as a rookie coming in. That changed now. Now it's all slotted. Now things change more. Now you do want to get drafted higher because you're to get as much as you can get because it's even less. When you played, yeah. if you were top five, top seven, you're guaranteed <laughs> almost a hundred million dollars. Right. So with that, with that being said, just to wrap this conversation up about this kid, this kid right here made a great decision, uh, in my opinion for the university and everybody around him, including himself, if he's not going to give up. And we don't know that yet because we don't know the hardships that this kid is going to face. Each person face a different hardship, whether it's injury, whether it's losing, whether them bringing a guy in that may be better than them, the direction of the offense, the coach leaving. Like, we don't know what hardships this guy is going to experience. 
But we do know this. He's going to experience some adversity, if not a lot, uh, no matter where he goes. I just know that handling adversity at a bigger school or a bigger institution or a bigger university, you're more likely to pull through it versus a smaller school that you've chosen to go to. And it's not working out like you planned. Like, oh, we was 11 and one last year. Well, with you now, we're nine and three. You know what I'm saying? Or we're, we're, we're eight and four. We're not as good as we was last year. Maybe the level of competition is a little bit better. We don't know. We don't have none of us watch the swag. None of us watch the swag. And because we not, we don't watch the swag, when I was having this conversation, he says, what merit do you have? Because you don't even watch the swag. I said, dude, I don't have to watch the swag. I've lived it. I've lived it. True. I don't have to watch the swag. I've lived it. That's why I say that this kid made a great decision for everybody else, but I don't think not so much for himself unless he's not willing to quit and he's willing to fight through it. So, Tom, I'm pretty sure you let that rant go for like 40 minutes. Uh, right. We're way, way past time. So we have to – I want to sign off because I don't want to miss this question because I was going to get to it when we did the How Was Your Weekend, but we saw how D'Angelo just hijacked it again. We have to make this the D'Angelo the, the, the uh, hijack segment. Uh, so this weekend or during this week, I watched. I don't know if any of you guys watched the Road Rules Real World Challenge. Uh, I, I've seen. I haven't seen any recent seasons. I still do. Well, maybe if they start bringing, because they bring in people from like Big Brother and other I, shows. I would do it, but I wouldn't be drama filled. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know because you you so we saw how you were a backstabber and you blamed it all on your partner. It was my partner's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, you're one of the sneaky ones. But it kind of ties in with that question I asked you guys about Big Brother, where would you split money with somebody ahead of time? Well, this situation, the winners of the show, it was a guy and a girl because you got paired up into teams right before the last leg of the final. Um, okay. The winners got a million dollars, and they got to choose – how much money, if any money at all, second and third place got? So I want to know, are you sharing any of that million dollars with second and third place? If so, how much? And then I'll tell you what they do. I actually want you to go first time, and then we'll give ours. Yeah. I'm well, pretty sure me and D's going to be the same. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess I guess my question is this, and it's not going to make a difference. What? How much money is being split? Is there an X amount of, num- like, is there a maximum number? Like, hey, you got a million dollars to split between everybody, or it's an infinite a number to where I could just give whatever I want to give. A million dollars goes to the winning team, and then you choose out of that million dollars if you want to give any to second or third, and it comes out of that million. Right. Oh, okay. All right. So, Tom, okay. what would you do? So, uh, <laughs> I actually said this ahead of time, too. I And I said I would keep 800000 so four hundred thousand for me, four hundred thousand for my partner, and then split up the other two hundred thousand amongst second and third. I wasn't sure exactly how I would do that. I, I think my final was okay. I'd give uh, one fifty to second, and then fifty to third for them to split. I would give a big goose egg to both teams behind us <laughs> yeah. because I, we beat them. There's a difference. We beat that's them. Even. And right. they both get zero because why am I rewarding them for coming in second and third knowing they were trying to beat me and they right. probably would do the same thing to me. 
No, zero. Here's the thing. So it's tradition on this show for second and third place to get some sort of payout. Sucks they were on this season. (laughs) Savages. Oh, it's a take note in case you're on any season. Well, that's the thing. The thing is, you're trying to win. You're not trying to come in second or third place. You want to win. If I come in second or third, I do not expect anything. I expect if I don't win, I'm content not getting anything. I want to win. Because to me, I don't. I don't like the constellation prize. I, I want to win. Well, here's the, here's the thing, Gary. You're not a millennial kid, though. Correct. You're not, you're not a millennial kid. And in, in, in this new millennial stage, uh, nobody, everybody wants to win. Everybody has that YMCA behavior where uh, every, everybody wants a participation trophy. Everybody wants to say, hey, I made it to the dance, right? So everybody was asking me after the amazing race. They was like, hey, man. You know, how did how was your time there? I was like, dude, it sucked. We lost. You know, it was it was awful. It was terrible. You know, whatever the case may be. And they were just like, what? But you made it so far. I don't give a damn. That wasn't my goal. My goal was to, wasn't to come in there and make every show or make every season. That's not what me and Gary was talking about behind the scenes. Me and Gary was talking about hoisting that damn trophy. Nobody's like, oh, man, you know, it'd be nice if we got third place or we got fourth place. I mean, at least we place. You going to place. You gonna place whether it's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, twelfth, seventeenth. You gonna place, but what you want to do is you want to win because that's the number that matters. Well, and that's the thing. I think people don't understand. Like, yes, money is a big thing, but the thing for me and D, we're so competitive. It's more about the winning aspect than it is uh, the money man. aspect. We're not right, gonna just give it away because it comes with if it. That's the case. And if you no, win, that's then a why problem. not share the money. Because that's if a bonus. What am I sharing it? Because yeah. the person that I'm because I beat the you, I get a I'm just saying you, you can't say in one breath it's more about the winning aspect. It's not so much about the no. money. And then so say, I'm not going to share not the money. Trying, so the thing is, we're not trying to win to get the money. But the win, if we win and get the money, that, that's a benefit bonus that comes with the aspect of winning. We shouldn't have to give money because you we, we beat you and you lost to us. So we should have to give but you. But you money. gotta also remember this: like these people have relationships with these people. They've you, been you, friends. You, you, here, you explaining this wrong. You explaining this wrong. I'm, let me I'm put it like this. Let right me put it like this. Time. Like if you if, I, if you were on there with me and you were in second, you're not getting. You wouldn't give me anybody if I beat a second. Unless no you beat me. Knowing that so, I have so, a family, that that money would help. You wouldn't give me. You're anybody. gonna go on a trip with me. Wow, so that's time. savage. So time, so time. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what Gary's saying. What Gary's saying is, is that million dollars is like the trophy. It comes with the trophy. When you win the trophy, you don't share the damn trophy with. Yeah, the money goes in the trophy. Right. The the money is attached to the trophy. So because the money was what motivated me to even compete in the first place, why the hell am I gonna share that with you? Because you lost. Because you didn't have what it takes to beat me. Or I didn't have what it takes to beat you. I'm not expecting you to share something with me that I lost straight out. Like that's just that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at all. Like we didn't expect Will and James to give us money for beating us. No. Right. Well, I think one of the things that you know each person's a little bit different, and I feel like you gotta take into account situations and like you know, I, like I said, if yeah. I if I if I came in first. And, and, you know, say I had like Jeff Bezos behind me in second. I'm not going to feel bad about taking all the money. I'm not giving him but, money. But it shouldn't it should be based about who they are. Like, I don't think you should. Right. That's what I'm saying. That way. Like, right. But I'm saying if like. If me and D are competing and I beat D and he comes in second and I win the money, he is not getting one cent from me. And I'm I not even going to ask him because I don't <laughs> expect it. 
Right, but that's what I'm saying is like, so say I'm, I don't know, I know you guys have good hearts, so I'm not going to question your heart. But I'm saying if I'm battling with somebody that I know, I have a chance to help them and their family, and they've been on this same show with me, battling it out, we've had the same goal, and I have a chance to give them money that can change their, their situation, their life, then I don't see any problem with doing that when I'm already going to be getting four hundred thousand dollars you're not getting you're going to get 200 right but it's either 200 or 250 and then it's like why not give them 25 whenever it's only going to cost me you know so reward them for losing well well, you know reward them for being competitors and having a great season because it takes a lot to get to a final you guys you know know that and because you just said that i'm i'm done yeah, 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 y'all can finish the now, rest of this podcast. So, so you're telling what he me that was stupid. So if somebody did that to you, you'd have you'd be mad at them. You'd have you'd have a problem with them, and you'd be like, okay, so you came in second. They chose not to give you money. The very next year, you do it again. You win. They come and say you give them the money. No, because of the way they did it the year before. Well, that that's that's more of a hey, you know, uh, shoes on the other foot. No, it should but it should be the same every time. That's you different. Have the same because mentality. at that point, at that point, they had a chance to give me money. They didn't. So then now, I'm not gonna feel bad about not giving them money because hey, you, well, you shouldn't feel bad know. anyways. I'm, I'm gonna let you know this right here, Tom, and 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 I'm I'm gonna make sure I make this very frank as it relates to me and Gary, and I'm gonna speak for Gary on this. Me and Gary, we are what you call tradition changers. We don't give a damn what tradition, like traditionally we do this. So if you traditionally don't let the winners pick and choose how much money they want to give to each other, you don't already broke that tradition. So I'm going to keep that going. This is going to be the new tradition where we ain't going to get them a damn dollar <laughs> because we just want it all. Since this is something that's never been heard of, we're going to also keep that conversation going. Ain't no point in us stopping that conversation. All right, what like, about this? What about this situation? Because this is something they've done in the past. Say you and D'Angelo, Gary, you both win the season together as a team. But then as a wrench, they throw in there, they say, hey, we're going to do a, a, a let's, we're going to do a challenge. Whoever draws the higher card gets to pick if they want to keep all the money or split it with their partner. But that's not how they did it. No, no, I'm, that's, I, that's not at all. You can't, you can't, you can't change what you had to bring up. Yeah. Exa- I know exactly what you're talking about and how they did it. It's a different. Well, they did. They, 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 they gave points to whoever. No. Technically- yeah, they gave the, they. So bananas. So what you're saying, Johnny bananas, this was like seven, eight years ago. I know. So Johnny bananas, he had, he had better times than his partner did. So he got the choice first of saying, does he want to give her any money? And he said, no. He kept all the money. I think that's – I would not do that. If me and thee are doing that, no matter what, because we were a team, I'm splitting it with him. It wouldn't matter if my time right. was better than his because it was a team competition. It's not to mention the fact that competition. part of the reason he won was because she was doing better than the other girl team members. Correct. So she still carried her own weight. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's a team, so that situation is different than if okay. you're being other teams. You're going to help your teammate, but you're not going to help the other teams you just beat. D, you doing that, or are you taking all the money like Johnny did? I'm taking, I'm taking all the money. Ain't no, <laughs> ain't no, like I, I'm not, I'm not coming here to play with anybody. I don't think he was and listening to what he said. And and, and here's the thing: <laughs> you weren't listening to what was said, were you? It doesn't matter what was just said. If I'm competing and first place comes with the prize, no, no, no. Money. It was a team, and then the guy. So it was a guy and a girl. They, they're teams, and then his time was better than her time. They were still a team together. 
And so okay. his was higher. Their twist was, hey, you can choose to take all the money and give her none. What do you want to do? Oh, no. Uh-uh. I'm splitting it with her. Yeah, I'm because that's your I'm team. I'm not taking all the money. That's my teammate. Yeah, I'm, I'm splitting it with her. Just like if me and Gary would have won the Amazing Race and they would have put a twist on that like at the end. Like, oh, no. Uh-uh. We've all experienced the same thing together. Even if we didn't have to split the money and there was going to be one person, we would have split it because we went through this as a team. Team, but correct. Now, Right. If we're not a team, let's make sure I point this out. We are not a team. <laughs> and we are all going in, each individual, whether or not me and Gary had a secret alliance or not. We brothers. We boys. We I'm taking that money from girl, him. Tub. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's me. And, and guess what? I'm not even going. It ain't even going to be about the money. Every day, Gary's gonna have to know that I beat his ass. <laughs> yep. Let's just Every, say, and that's what just, it's about. Let's just say, so let's so let's put it to the thing. So say it's you and D, Gary and D, and let's just since I know Taylor just had a little baby, and you're facing me and Taylor in a competition. Y'all beat us by like five seconds, and y'all get a million dollars. Y'all are not gonna give us a penny. Y'all better get that five. Y'all better pick up that five seconds. Wow. Yeah, you better figure it out. You I hope you hear that, Taylor. <laughs> you better figure it out. You better figure it out, bro. You better figure it out. I'm letting you know right now. If Seven. it comes down to us competing in, in, in whatever it is, whether it's like a little bit on the side or whatever the case may be, if if it's in the rules, like, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've bet people that didn't have the money, but they paid me when they lost. The thing is, it's, it's about us. It's about the winning. It's it's more of the pride of being winning, and we're ha- we're the winners. We're not trying to m- give you props for coming in second and third. We don't believe no. in participation aspects no. or consolation gifts. It's about you win no. or you don't. Right. Well, what I'm saying is no. you can still have that, and the, you know the fact that you, no, you, now still, you're, you now know you're taking, you won. Now you're taking the money out of my pocket because you feel like I need to give it to you. No, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying you feel like you need to. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying to me. I'm gonna give you a case in point. I'm gonna give you this is what I mean. The Miami Dolphins went undefeated, right? And won the Super Bowl, right? The only team to ever do it, right? Right. I know where he's going with this. Who was the team they beat in the Super Bowl? Nobody give a damn. Nobody cares. Correct. Nobody knows. But we know that they went undefeated and won. And you looking it up right now, Kai. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's my whole point. Nobody cares who came in second place. Did Nobody second place cares. get a bonus for making the Super Bowl? Yes, exactly. they do. But but they exactly. but that, that's that's something we don't control. It doesn't come out of the exactly. winner's pocket, though. Right. Well, right. so normally, so normally, 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 they the show splits the money already. So I'm just saying, like, even I can say this confidently. That if you guys were against me in the competition, y'all finish in second. Even though I know you guys have made millions in your life, I would give you some amount of money. You, you just said if it was Jeff Bezos, you wouldn't give him anything. That's because I don't know Jeff that. Bezos. I don't know Jeff Bezos, uh, but I know he's rich. I know y'all. <laughs> I know y'all. That's the same way with these people on this show. These people on these shows are friends. They know each other's lives. It's not just some random person. And they've been through this whole oh, okay. experience together. So, so this is me, and I, and and then I'm gonna let y'all finish because we gotta wrap this up. We've, yeah, we've we gone do. way over our time, but I'm gonna say this: we stayed on the amazing race that entire time, and we were friends. But at the end of the day, did they treat us like they was friends when they eliminated us? Hell no, because it's the spirit of the game. Just like when they won the finals, all of them top three were all friends and everything. 
and behind the scenes, nobody talked to each other at all that whole leg because they were competing. That's when the friendship stopped. And like, we now have to compete for this million dollars because if it was all about the friendship, then the beer, the, the beer bros, and then uh, they would have split. They would have split it. And the, the funny thing is, if we all did the exact same amazing race, did different leg, the same exact teams, we would treat the same exact way. We would try to beat everybody and not give anybody anything because now they're friends with us. They're, they're our friends. We would still treat them the same way. We're trying to beat you. It's not about anything but because us we're competing. It's competing. It all boils down to only one person at the end of this is just like the Super Bowl. At the end of these 32 teams' journey, only one is going to hoist that trophy and be happy. The other 31 are going to be pissed off. That's the same with the t- same uh, thing with the Amazing Race. That's the same thing with Big Brother or any other reality show. Second or third place, nobody remembers that shit. If you don't come in first place, then you're just another nameless gray face that's going to appear in the history books amongst those that beat you. Well, I don't know. I think it's a different situation, but <laughs> we can agree to disagree. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. And I know now if I'm ever in a competition with D'Angelo and Gary and I beat them, I don't have to give them anything because they ain't going to give me anything. And, but we would never <laughs> expect it. That's the thing. I know. Well, I appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. And we'll be back next week. And I'm glad we got to avoid talking about the Panthers. We out! <laughs> you are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 